are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. And like I said again, welcome back to another episode of Locked on Pistons. I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill MBA. You can find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. And like I tell you guys at the beginning of every episode, I was a credential media member for the 2019-2020 season, so that means I'm kind of a big deal. I like telling that joke at the very beginning. I'm sure the guests I have with me will find that very funny. I'm uh, I'm here joined by Sham, my boy Sham. Uh, I've talked about him a little bit on the podcast already about how he's the one who got me started with all this, brought me on, and all that all that jazz. But if you guys want to follow him, he's also on Twitter at Sham Sham God, the second Sham with two M's. So that's Sham Sham God. Sham, thank you for joining me, sir. Of course, man. Hey, man. I just, I just want to say, like, it is an honor to be on. I was on previously with Matt a long time ago, and it's just been a pleasure to see you like grow. You know, I've been. I remember back when we were at Piston Powered, I was the editor at Piston Powered, and I reached out to you because you were making some interesting comments on Twitter. I said, "Hey, man, do you want to come write for us?" And here you are, now hosting Lockdown Piston. So, congrats. Thank you, man. Thank you. And that I've, I've said that story a little bit. I think in the first episode, but. Sham is definitely my day one. Uh, like he reached out to me, like he said, he reached out to me and I came over to Piston Powered. I didn't think, like I would have never thought at that time I'd form this friendship with him, but me and Sham are, have, have gotten really close and he's like a legit friend of mine. He's not just someone on Twitter I talk with. He's a legit friend of mine. So I'm I'm happy about that. So I, and like I, he always makes a fun, funny little joke that he's basically my blog father, whatever, because he got everything started. But, but whatever, I guess we can stop with all that and start talking about what we got here for you guys today. First, we're going to talk a little bit about Killian Hayes. Lon touched a little bit about Frank Jackson as well. Then we can get into Mason Plumley and Isaiah Stewart, some of the comments I made in the last podcast and how Mason Plumley has made me look like an idiot over the past few days. And then lastly, Sham had to make sure to get me worked up for this, so he wants to talk Seiku at the end. And for good reason, you guys will see why. But first, let's go ahead and talk about Killian. Uh, Sham, I've said a, a lot about Killian on this podcast over the past week and a half, so I'll back out for a little bit. Just give them, give, give the listeners just a real quick, like recap of how you feel about Killian overall. Yeah. So um, I guess going back all the way to like the draft previews and all, and uh, Killian for a lot of people was the number two point guard coming out of the draft. Some people, you know, was number three behind uh, Tyrese Halliburton, but the, you know, most of the people had him behind LaMelo ball. And I think that's an, that was kind of where I I felt too. I thought there was a big difference, a big gap between Lamelo Ball and where he was in his development cycle compared to where Killian was in his development cycle. They both are nineteen, or like you know, they're both teenagers. Um, but there was a there was a group of people on Twitter who dove into their stat, like into the stats of Killian, like watched a lot of film of the Euroleague and whatever that he was playing in, and they had him above Lamelo Ball. I 
I think that kind of that that opinion kind of washed away after the first like seven eight games of the season once we saw Killian actually play games. Now I don't think it's necessarily fair to Killian to kind of one measure him against Lamelo because Lamelo was so far ahead, but also I think Killian was put in a very bad position to start the season where threw him into the fire. Hey, you're starting point guard for this team, but you're not the guy. Blake Griffin is the guy. And so he has to learn how to play off ball with Blake Griffin, play a little bit outside of his comfort zone. They barely ran any pick and rolls in the beginning of the season, um, probably because of Blake Griffin being on the team. Then he got hurt, and now he's back, and he looks – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Koo, but he looks different. Like he, It's not that he just looks healthy. He looks more confident. He looks more poised. Um, he looks like somebody who's been playing the whole season, to be honest, but he hasn't. Um, yeah, so, definitely. I agree yeah. with that. And and he just – his comfort level with the game now, I think, just because the expectations of him being good are, are gone because he's been gone for so long. And then also I think Blake being off the team helps. But he's he's looked so much better and so much more comfortable. And it it, it kind of eased my concerns that I had in the, in the beginning of the season, saying like, wow, this guy looks – not comfortable. He can't shoot the ball. Um, he had flashes of brilliance in the beginning of the season, but not enough for me to say like, you know, okay, now I understand why people say he was the best point guard in the draft. Um, but he's looking better. There are some games where he looks good, some games where he looks bad, but I, I think for the most part, he's been looking a lot better and a lot more comfortable. He's seeing the floor a lot better than I thought he would, which is fantastic. I think he just needs to shoot the ball better. No, yeah, I think I think that's the main thing for him right now with is just shooting better, finishing around the rim. But like you said, he's he's looked really good. I've talked about it a lot on here already, but just to say it again, he's looked really good for me coming back. Like I had the same kind of concerns at the beginning of the year. Like I, I like I've said many times on here, he only played what was it, seven, eight games at the beginning of the yeah. year. So like it's not fair. Obviously, he probably would have been able to work through some of those struggles throughout the season. So it wasn't like I wasn't making like any final final decisions on him but like sham said there were a lot of people who were like calling this dude better than Lamelo, and and, and like like we're pistons fans like we want like we picked him like we would love for him to be better than Lamelo. like we would love him to be like the best player in the league but like before the draft and after they drafted him it, it just like kind of rubbed me the wrong way i guess and i think it kind of rubbed sham the wrong way and a couple other people too is like like even if we did like killian i, I just felt like that people were we're making it hard to like him because they were saying some things that I thought at the time was just pretty outlandish and a little too stand heavy. Uh, and I think that that's kind of been proven, even though, like we said, Killian has looked really good. Uh, he's I don't think he's, he's LaMelo, which is fine. But like we said, I think that's had to do with why some of the angst at the beginning of the season with him. but I don't want to talk too much about that. Let's talk a little bit more about how he's looked since coming back. So you mentioned it. His passing is like, absurd for me i think his i think his the like you've mentioned it's not just the passing it's the reads that he's making and the vision and and one of the things that people like it's hard it's like these things don't pop up in the box score or anything it's something you have to watch and actually look for and you may miss it if you're like not really like into that kind of thing but the timing on his reads like he's not just making the reads he's making the reads like asap like he's 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 processing stuff so much faster uh since coming back which is really a shock to me because, like you said, he, he's been out for three months. He's come back, and he looks not only more – like, I actually would say he looks even healthier. He looks more athletic. He looks more confident. He looks more 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 uh, comfortable. 
he just looks better in every sense of the word. Like he looks like he belongs out there and he feels like he belongs out there. Like there's a little swagger to him now too, where he like, he, he wants to like put on a show a little bit, I guess. And I, obviously the passing is the biggest thing for me uh, since he's returned. He just makes reads so, so quickly. And then one of the things, lastly, I'll, I'll let you finish this, this uh, topic out is that one of the things that really stood out to me was against the, the Cleveland Cavaliers in the fourth quarter. Con Sexton looked like he was going to try like, put the game away like he he just started scoring at will in the at the end of the fourth quarter and the pistons were just like incapable of stopping him and then also i made a video thread on this like i've talked about before but the 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 calves were really helping hard off of josh jackson late in that fourth quarter and every time killing would come off this pick and roll they'd have like josh at the left wing and then darius garland would come over and double him and not only did killian like make an insane adjustment I, I can't put a video. Th- I'll, I'll put the video th- underneath this tweet, uh, underneath the tweet when I tweet out this podcast. But he he made a really good adjustment at like dodging that trap and then making a play out of it. I believe he hit a runner right after it. And then also when Colin Sexton started scoring, Killing came right back at him like not just with passes. Like he got aggressive scoring and hit two pull ups, mm-hmm. hit a layup, I and then that. a lob. I love you, that. Yeah. Go ahead. You can take it over from there. That was just like insane. That was a big thing for me. Yeah. And it just all kind of boils down to confidence, right? Like the Killian from December is not going to take those two shots in that moment. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I, I'm actually really curious. Like I hope James or Rod or, or, you know, I, I know Vince Ellis doesn't do the, you know, the beat stuff anymore, but I would love to see, like, I would love to get them to talk to Dwayne Casey and Killian Hayes and figure out what, was he doing in those three months that he was injured? Like, was he studying a lot of film? Was he, was he uh, watching a lot of practice? Was he understanding the game? Like what was, cause he, he truly looks like a different player than what he was back in the beginning of the season. Yeah, like, I, a, like a smarter player. It's, it's, it's one thing that like, it's one thing to look like a bad player because you're hurt, you get hurt and then you come back and you look healthier, but it's, it's not that it's, it's that and more. And yeah, that makes absolutely. me excited about his development. Yeah, that that definitely is. You know what? We're going to continue this. Kind of, we were going to talk about Isaiah Stewart and Mason Plumlee, but I think we're going to run this one over a little bit. Uh, we'll make sure to talk about Frank Jackson as well, but I, I kind of want to continue this conversation a little bit in this second segment. But first, let me tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors. First one is coming from Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is a, a help making a short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is a job site that makes you hi- makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, reduces hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other jobs combined. All other job sites combined, excuse me. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, go to Indeed.com slash locked for a $75 credit valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. And then also let me tell you about your guys' favorite sponsor. You guys let me know about this one all the time, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barca, or Cherry Barca. You guys make fun of me all the time when I read this, by the way, because I always say Cherry Barca wrong, but whatever. Lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. 
A flavor I'd suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Okay, like I said, you guys always make fun of me about that Cherry Barca. I literally had to go look that up on Google Translate because like, multiple of you guys told me different sayings for it. Like, One of you guys told me it was Cherry Barca. Another one told me it was Cherry Barca. Another one of you guys told me it was Cherry Barcia. So like, I had to go look that up in Google Translate. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I still don't really know how it's pronounced because it, it's like you guys are giving me so many different like translate or like way it pronounced i i just it it is what it is i'm eventually gonna have to just next time i do it i'm gonna make sure i get it right that time but i have been like oh god that, that that's really a tongue twister for me but anyways like i said we're gonna continue the killian hayes talk we we're gonna talk by isaiah stewart and mason Plumlee. don't worry about it, but i want to continue this killian hayes talk real quick but sham you were just talking about how it's it's giving you more confidence in his development can you can you go in a little deeper into that yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say Loki, that carrot cake bar sounds awesome. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, right? Like the lemon almond too, that sounds great. Um uh yeah, so based on Killian's development, like if he if he spends these three months, you know, these these past three months, and he looks this much better after not even, you know, practicing all all throughout those three months. Um, he's just watching film, just doing rehab and stuff. If he looks that better after that much time of development imagine how good he's gonna look after a year under his his belt an offseason of nba strength and conditioning another year under Dwayne casey under his system playing with these guys like the one thing that i really loved about this team just throughout the whole year is that each and every one of these guys not even including the rookies like you know even you know mason Plumley, we'll talk about in just a second but you know, uh, josh jackson has looked more comfortable as the season has gone on frank jackson has looked like a like an actual NBA player this whole season. Uh, these guys are learning how to play with each other and learning where they are on the court. And Killian seems to know that without actually playing with these guys for three months. So that makes me excited. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, Killian, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Killian. I know we ran over to this segment, but I wanted Sham to expand on that a little bit. I know you guys, there's some of you guys out there who don't like hearing nonstop Killian. You guys feel like it's just a stand. Oh, we're always talking about Killian. He's not even that good, blah, blah. Basically, though, you have to talk about it because he just looks the, – the improvement that he looks over what he looked like at the beginning of the year and then after three-month layoff of injury and coming back to, uh, now, it's just you have to talk about it because he looks so so much better. And I've said it before. I'm, I can see why people were – like at the beginning of the season, I, I couldn't really see why people were so, so like high on him. But oh, this last stretch – I still don't think he was like I still wouldn't say he was higher than Lamelo going into the draft, but I can see why people were high on him now. Like I can, oh, he showed signs to me that like make me understand. Okay, I can see why everyone was so high on him. But but, but I mean, we have to talk about him because as of right now, he is the guy. He is the yeah. guy that this franchise is building around and will continue to build around until the next guy who upseats him joins the team, and that may be next year. Who knows? Yeah, well, we've talked about that a little bit on uh on locker room. Like I've told, yeah, and like I've told you guys before, make sure you guys download that app. I will be eventually doing a locked on Pistons room on that, and even without that, locker room is just a really cool app. It, you can just go on there and have a lot of fun talking sports. It's it's really fun. We I, I know I'm on there at least every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday doing that room I tell you guys about with Duncan Smith. So just make sure you guys do that because it's honestly a really fun app. But anyways. 
Last podcast, I talked about possibly starting Isaiah Stewart over Mason Plumley, And I went on to say that I think Isaiah Stewart had just looked better than Mason Plumley over the past month. And he was just, he just outright has been outplaying him. And then we took a bit of a hiatus. A hiatus. So uh, <laughs> Mason Plumley went on to have this last game against Indiana. He had 17 points, 21 rebounds, and five assists. And then two games before that, which I think was the night of my Kool-Aid podcast, so I didn't really talk about anything. But that game, he went on to have 13 points, 16 rebounds, and 7 assists. So he must have listened to the podcast and known I was like talking down on him or mentioning that Isaiah Stewart could start over him because he just went out there and made me look dumb. So, Sham, I'm going to ask you this. One, do you think that Isaiah, there's a there's an argument for Isaiah Stewart to start over Mason Plumley, And then two... Just give your overall thoughts on like Mason Plumley this year. Like I thought that he was pretty good to start the season, then went like back down a little bit closer to expectations. But then these last two games, just I don't know where it came from. So just give us answer those two things for me. Well, I think the whole like and 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 I think people get caught up with like who starts, who doesn't. Like they get caught up with that. But at the end of the day, like this is a team that's at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. It doesn't really matter who starts. What matters is the amount of minutes they get and who they're going up against, and what they look like in the minutes that they're given. So if Ma- if Mason Plumley starts, but Isaiah Stewart still gets 25 minutes a game, is it going to be all that bad if he doesn't start over Mason Plumley? I don't think so. Um, but I do think Isaiah Stewart should be rewarded with the start if he does look better than Mason Plumley in practice, in games, etc., right? Um, I think Isaiah Stewart is literally Ben Wallace with, with a three-point shot right now. Hold on, uh, stop. We have to stop you there. Sham, <laughs> listen, man. I, I don't know if you said that on purpose to get me worked up, but I spent an entire podcast on here literally saying why I can't stand the Ben Wallace and Isaiah Stewart comp. Come on, Sham, you can't sit here and tell me that this man, he plays like Ben Wallace, man. Come on. You he can't plays, tell me he plays like okay. Ben. Well, okay. I will say he plays like Ben Wallace. I'm not saying he's as good as Ben Wallace, but he does. He's an undersized center grabs boards, continuous hustle, block shots, knows where to, like, even though he's not the most physically gifted person in the world in terms of height and leaping ability, he still manages to get, like, two, three blocks a game. And now, now, Sham, did, did Ben Wallace not have freakish athletic ability, though? Like, he, dude, like I mentioned this on the last podcast, like, one of the podcasts last week, this dude wore a headband for armband. He was jumping out the gym. Oh, yeah, but look at Isaiah Stewart. There's a reason why we call him Beef Stew. Yeah, but he and ain't that, jumping out the gym like cool, Ben. Cool, and he's 19 years old. Yeah, but he's never going to be athletically uh, gifted like Big Ben was. I, I, I'm not sure about that. I, I think the way he looks right now, and without a like, mind you, without any sort of off season, no summer league, nothing. Right, he looks amazing for 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 what he is. Right, he's a strong, beefy, for lack of a better term undersized center who can grab boards and as a con- hustles like i've never seen anybody hustle before so let me um, ask you I this mentioned, one question hang on, hang on. i had mentioned this before like during the draft everyone's like oh like because everyone shit on isaiah sorry excuse the language but no go everyone, ahead everyone crapped on isaiah stewart in the <laughs> or like on draft time like because they don't understand they didn't understand him and i i, I hate to drop the whole like source oh i have sources kind of thing but i reached out to a source like because I was because I was also confused. I didn't know much about him. I saw some of the film and I was like, I don't really get it. At what sixteen? I don't really understand why we drafted him. I don't understand why we drafted him in that spot when there are other people available. 
And the only response I got was one one like line was he is the anti Drummond. And I thought I sat and I thought about that and it was like, hmm, okay. I let that sit. And then I watched a few games of Isaiah Stewart. And sure enough, like all the complaints that people had about Andre Drummond, about being lazy walking up to court, being slow on rotations, this and that, and, and having all this talent in the world, right? Is the opposite in Isaiah Stewart. He's not as athletically gifted as Andre Drummond was. He doesn't do the things that Andre Drummond does in terms of uh, like poking balls loose and seeing the floor really well. He's not lazy. He's literally the opposite of, of Andre Drummond, but that's a good thing. All right. Well, I guess I, I, I'll ask you this one question. I, I, I posed this question to someone else who tried comparing him to Ben Wallace. Okay. Let me ask you this. Okay. If he did not play for the Detroit Pistons, is anyone saying Ben Wallace? Mm, maybe. I'm not sure because it's hard to say. Like if like he if you take him off the Pistons and say he gets drafted by the Celtics, right? Is he going to have the amount of playing time that he has now to showcase those skills that make him look like Ben Wallace? Well, the thing is, is that if he played for the Celtics, I actually think they would compare him to Al Horford, which I think would actually even would be closer than Ben Wallace. I don't know. I mean, Al Horford was a good defender back in his like prime, but I just I think that the reason why he gets the Ben Wallace comparison is because he has that going to work continuous motor attitude. And I don't think Al Horford had that. Well, fair enough. But I think that also hits to the point. That the re- the real reason why he's only he's being compared to Ben Wallace is because he plays for the Pistons and he plays hard. Fair. So fair. So, so my point, like, yeah. So my point was is that like I may I said this last actually I don't think I said this but like if so did we think that Eric Moreland also was Ben Wallace then because he he came no. and played hard and and no, jumped no, no, around no, no. but no because Eric Moreland wasn't doing the things that Isaiah Stewart's doing right now. Fair enough, man. I just, I just, I just don't think him and Ben Wallace play anything alike. Like Ben Wallace didn't extend beyond two feet from the rim. He wasn't very gifted no, at of all. Of course not. But that's why I said it. it's Ben Wallace with the with the with the shot. Yeah, but he I, it, he's not defensively gifted or athletically gifted like Ben was. But if you remember, Ben Wallace like wasn't the guy that he ended his like he was he was good. He was pretty much Isaiah Stewart, like a high energy, like good defensive player and then when he joined the pistons is when he transformed into this like defensive player of the year god that's fair but he was you have to remember like he's 19 years old he's only 19 years old yeah i love isaiah stewart but he's not he's not ben wallace was always athletically gifted like he was always a freak athlete but so was isaiah stewart at 19 i don't know man look at the way that he's built i don't know yeah he's strong but he's not he's not the athlete ben was my girlfriend doesn't know anything about basketball, and she <laughs> saw a picture of Isaiah Stewart and was like, "Oh, <laughs> he looks good." All right, so, so I got Shane, nervous. So I was gonna say, I think you might have to be a little nervous. Then looks like she I might got nervous. Look like she might be wanting the beef stew. She yep. might. No, well, I mean, she looked at beef stew and saw his body, and then she's like, "Oh my god, the, he looks good. he's good looking." <laughs> and then she's and then they the the camera panned over. Uh, I, I think Killian was hurt at the time, but they panned over to Killian on the bench. And they're like, wow, who's that guy? He's good looking. I'm like, oh, man, I better st- make you stop watching this team. Yeah, you know what? I can't even blame him with Killian. I've said this many times. And after this. He's a good looking oh, dude. Yes. I, <laughs> I've said this many times. Then we can go to the next segment. But listen, that dude must get his hair cut before every, <laughs> before every game at halftime. He must get, like, not just the, the hair either, like the eyebrows. He, everything about him is just sharp at, at it's not. Just, it's just clean. <laughs> 
He's a yes. clean. It's it's so clean. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't care what it, you guys say. It is what it is. Right. I, and and like not to change gears, or whatever. But you know, we're, we're talking about good looking players in the Pistons. But you know, you brought up one of the uglier players in the Pistons, Mason Plumley. I want to talk about him for just a second. <laughs> so, uh, like you said, Mason Plumley looked pretty decent to start the year. He had a, a, a stretch where he wasn't looking so good, and now he's you know we grabbed like twenty something boards the other day. Um, yeah. I just want to step back and like think about who Mason Plumley is, right? Mason Plumley is a bench, like a, a a very solid role player on a good team, right? He was on the Denver Nuggets. He served his role very very well. He didn't extend beyond it, but he did he did what he did very well, right? Um, the reason why he was never like a starter is because he was never very consistent. He was he never did those amazing things all the time. That's why he never was good enough to be a starter until now when he's on this 18 win Pistons team. And now you're seeing the inconsistencies and the reason why he's only worth eight and a half million or whatever it is. Like sure. what you're seeing with Mason Plumley is what you're getting. That's what you're paying for. You know, if you drive a Toyota, don't expect it to drive down the highway a thousand miles an hour, like a Ferrari would. Definitely. I, I agree. I completely agree. So next, next topic, we're going to talk about Seku. I'm sorry that, that uh, segment ran a little bit, but that definitely was a fun a fun segment right there, especially Sham basically admitting that his girl is going to leave him for beef stew. But uh, <laughs> we're even mad about it. <laughs> Let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Bet Online AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and for anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's so many apps to bet through. Like, there's so many different sites. Like, which one do I know is best for me? And that's when I found Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NFL season might be over, and like I've bragged to Sham multiple times, ending with my high school friend Sean Murphy Bunting being crowned Super Bowl champion. But the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing. If you want to take your advantage beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Like I've told you, I didn't even know you could bet on these things. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Sham, so we're going to head into this next topic, Seku Dumboya. Uh, this give the fans a little bit, or the listeners, I should say, a little bit of backstory about why we're going to talk about Seku. Uh, so when the Pistons drafted Seku, me and Sham, along with a bunch of other people, a couple of other of our friends, uh, we actually, Sham, Sham lives in Minnesota, so he came up to uh, Michigan, and we actually were at, I think, it, what was it, B-dubs? Yeah, we had hooped before, and then yeah, we, yeah. Uh, yeah, then we went to B-dubs after. Yeah, so we, we hooped before. <laughs> we, we went to hoop before, and then we went to B-dubs, and we sat and watched the draft together, and I I believe we wrote down in my notes who we wanted to draft, who we wanted the Pistons to draft, and I think I put Kevin Porter Jr. and then uh, Sham and another one of the people we went with said Sekou Dumboya, and then when the draft came through or the draft pick came through, obviously Sham was very happy because that's who we wanted. We're now two years, actually close to two years, into the Sekou Dumboya uh, era with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Sekou. I've 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 went on many rants about him and. And all that, but let's let's just get Sham's perspective on Seku and, and the the process this year with him, and and then we can go a little bit back and forth before we end the podcast. Sure. So uh, I think last year, you know, Seku's first year in the in the league, he had 
the team was different, right? Like the team was trying to win. And so the his development almost took a backseat. So he went to the G League, tore it up over there. Um, I'm not sure. He had a few games, like 30 point plus. He was looking really good in the G League, right? Yeah. So naturally you think this season with a lot more opportunity um, and with, uh, you know, a, a, t- a team that's not very good, a chance to like make mistakes and basically have the keys to the franchise. Um, you would think he would look the same, if not better than what he looked in the G League, right? You would see flashes of that. The one thing that one, I think, set Seku Demboya off to a bad start this year was that he wasn't really given much opportunity from Dwayne Casey for some for whatever reason. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not behind closed doors. I'm not in practice. I'm not like I'm not in the locker room. So I don't know why he wasn't given the opportunities that other people were given, but he wasn't. Now that's one knock on Dwayne Casey. I think Dwayne Casey should have given him more opportunity, more opportunity to fail. Um, it's more or less he was put in like the doghouse. Um, and I think now, now when Sekou Demboya is getting more opportunity, he's not looking, he's looking fine, but he's not looking like a guy who really wants to like fight for his minutes and fight to be there. You know, he's until recently, he hasn't, he didn't really dive for loose balls. He didn't really do all the extra things to earn his minutes. And so I kind of understood why he didn't get the minutes that he did. Now, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but that's what I'm seeing. And, you know, Dwayne Casey will play the best guys, the 10 best guys or however many he's going to play that he's going to play. So if if Seku Demboya is not ten, like one of the 10 best guys, then he's not going to play. And I respect that decision. So I agree with your first point about, I like I said, I've talked about this a little bit in the podcast before. And I'm sure you guys, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys have seen me talk about it. But I agree with the first point about him not really be, being given a chance at the beginning of the season. My thing was, is like, we're giving all these other players chances to like mess up and stay in the game. And it just was very abundantly clear from the beginning of the season that if Seiku made a mistake, he was not staying in the game. It, it, he was either going, he was either going to get a DMP or he was just, he was not going to play very long. He was not going to get many chances to play through mistakes, which I have critique Dwayne Casey about many times on the podcast and, and on Twitter. Um, and then towards the middle of the season, like you said, with, with his play, I've questioned, I, I also questioned the way they use Seku, but then also, I also can, can admit that he also just didn't look very good. He wasn't shooting the ball as well as I think all of us believe he can from deep. Like, like you said, he went to the G league and was just dominating. Like, I believe someone tweeted out the other day who, which, which is the, uh, Draft prospect that played the G League this year was it Jalen Green? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ignite. Yeah, yeah. So they they compared his stats to what Seku was doing last year, and Seku's stats just blow his out of the water. Like Seku was dominating the G League last year, so I, I think all of us expect him to be a better shooter than this. I think he knows he's a better shooter than that. But like you said, I, he wasn't playing very well in the middle of the season. So while I also think that they weren't really using him right, I, he he also wasn't really forcing his hand, like you said. So it's hard for me to like really go to bat for him there. What I will go to bat for him now is his recent stretch of play. And his recent stretch, so let, let me get the games. How many games is this? It's his last seven games played. He, he, I've pointed this out. It's not the percentages I think we should be looking at. The last seven games, I think he's played with more aggressiveness than on both ends than we've seen all year. He's been going coast to coast off defensive rebounds, so he's been more active on the glass and trying to take things on for himself. He's been driving to the rim. And while sometimes he gets blocked at the rim, I think the thing we, people should be really looking at 
is the fact that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but of all the times I've seen him try to go to the rim like these past seven games, I, I haven't seen him not get there. Like I, I haven't seen someone be able to stop him from getting there. Like maybe he needs to work on his finishing this summer, obviously in the off season. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a big thing that that, that that's like a finishing product thing. Like that's the cherry on top in the off season. Okay, we can work on that. The fact that he's able to get to the rim and like pretty much whenever he wants to. Like every time I've seen him put the ball in the rack, he gets to the paint. So that's a good thing. And the fact that he's just been more aggressive on defense, more active on the glass. So I he's earned his minutes and he was getting his minutes for from April 5th to April 11th. That was a five-game spree. He was getting his minutes. He was playing really well. He had a 14-point game in there. He had an 11-point game in there. He was playing really well, I thought. He had one game when he had, ele- he had 11 points, three rebounds, two steals, two blocks. He was just playing really well. And then he didn't play the next game. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened there. I think he just, like, it was one of those times where he just didn't get played again, like, randomly. And then he played against OKC. He scored eight points. That was the game he got started in. He shot two of six from the field, but he had eight points. He got to the free throw line a couple times as well, being aggressive to the rim. He had three assists. So I feel like he – basically what I'm saying is I feel like he – like all the criticism that people had at the beginning of the year or throughout the season or the reasons why Dwayne Casey didn't play him, like he, he he's made the, those, those adjustments. Like he was given every reason to keep playing. Like he was given Dwayne Casey every reason to keep giving him minutes. And now he's just not getting minutes again. I don't really get like why. It's it's – People have been saying all year, oh, he has to earn his minutes, which I've argued back with. I feel like some of the other rookies weren't really having to earn their minutes this season, but whatever. Recently, I feel like he's earned his – he's more than earned his minutes, and now he's back to not playing again. For no, Like, for me, for no reason. And there, there's been stretches where we've gotten, like, 10 straight minutes of Tyler Cook, and it's just like Tyler Cook is like, yeah, fun story, fun player, whatever. But really, he doesn't. he's not in this team's future, one. And two, he doesn't have really any skill. Like, he just has – like, he can jump and he can dunk. And there, he can't shoot. He's not very good. Like he, like okay, I just don't really see the point of playing Tyler Cook. So long, long story short, basically, I don't get why Seku's now not getting minutes. Beginning of the year, it could be an argument back and forth. Now I, I don't get why he has played like the last five games. He's only played in one game. Like two of those were concussion, uh, and then the other ones he was off the injury report. And he's just not playing, and I don't really get like why because it seemed like that he had earned those minutes, and now he's back to the doghouse for some reason. I just. It, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm not sure if anybody really knows why he's not getting minutes. Dwayne Casey's the only person who knows. But I think one of the, the theories is that they have time. They like they still have him under contract for 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 two years. Right. So like th- they have time for him to get those minutes in the next two years. Tyler Cook, I'm pretty sure was only on a one year deal now. So he needs to get all the reps as he can to figure out what do you have with him? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's frustrating. He's he's a, he's a 10 for me. It's just like, he's a 10 day guy. Like, I think it's very clear that he's not in this team's future at all. And it's just like, I don't know. I think, I think it's very clear, at least for me now, I think I can say this with certainty. I don't know where you stand right now, but I think it's very clear that Seiku's probably not in this team's future. I think it's, I, I think he's probably not going to be on this team uh, past next year. Or I could see him actually getting traded or just like thrown in something. I don't, I don't think this team really views him a part of the future. Like even like with all the quotes, all they ever, Dwayne Casey ever says is like, "Oh, it's about the development of saving lead, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, and Sadiq Bay." Like I don't ever hear them even mentioning Seku. So it's just like I, I don't know, and it's just it's it's incredibly frustrating because I still feel like for me, I've said this before, I still feel like Seku has the highest ceiling. Like he may not, he has the less likely chance of everyone else to get there, 
because he was such a project to come in. But I feel like he has the highest ceiling out of anybody here. And he's still going to be like, even this year with the draft, he's going to be younger than most of the guys that come into this draft anyway, still. He just turned 20 like a few months ago. So it's just, it's incredibly annoying to feel like that they've already given up on him. And he hasn't even, they have, they just crossed over 82 games in his NBA career. Like just crossed over because he didn't play the full season last week because of the pandemic. And they just crossed over, I believe, last week, 82 games. So now we're officially one NBA season into his career, and it seems like everyone's given up on him already. So I don't know. This is really frustrating to talk about for me. But I'll give him one more year. I think I, I, I think the Pistons will still see what they got in him next year when he's still relatively cheap. But when they have that option to, you know, they have the, the, the team option, I think that's when they'll really decide, like, whether to bring him back or not. Because his team option is $2 million higher than what he is next year. So they really have to think about it. Is he worth that extra two million? Is he worth the, the total of five point three million or whatever it is, five point five? Fair knows? enough. I guess I guess we'll see there. But this podcast is running a little bit longer. I'm sorry about that, but I feel like it was it was a fun podcast. I think you guys will enjoy it still. So thank you, Sham, for coming on. Is there anything you want to say before we end this and wrap it up? No, man. It's just an honor to be to be on and, and as your first guest. Makes me happy to see you grow, and we'll commiserate together with this bad team and. Hopefully we'll get somebody that everybody likes next year. Cade, hopefully. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I think the plan is Cade, hopefully. But, of course, I had to have Sham on into the first guest. Like I said, he's the day one. And from if I ever end up doing anything else, you'll always see Sham as, like, the first one to, to get on. Because, like I said, he's he's my day one. He's my guy. And thank you for coming on, man. So, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Like I said, uh, today is Monday. It, it's going to be Monday when I publish it. It's going to be the 26th. So the Pistons play the Hawks tonight. Let's see how Killian plays up against Trey Young. I hope you guys enjoy the game, and I'll catch you guys in the next podcast. Peace out, everybody.